Welcome to episode 15. And if 2020 has you overwhelmed and burned out with so much on your plate that there's absolutely no way you could possibly accomplish it all, have I got the guest for you today. Sit down, grab a pen, and listen in for some amazing tips to help you tackle it all. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. We all have hundreds, if not thousands of things that we want to do and accomplish in our lives. And sometimes when we look at the enormity of what we hope to achieve, it can seem like it's all just too much. It almost reminds me of the Jonathan Safran Foer quote, sometimes I can hear my bones straining under the weight of all the lives I'm not living. It can be incredibly easy to become overwhelmed, to get trapped under the mental weight of all of your goals and to lose focus. And that was before the pandemic started. Now we have to take on all the things we had on our plate pre-COVID, and now we're piling on all the additional shit that we have to deal with, like working from home, homeschooling, isolation, not being able to be with our loved ones, decreased access to healthcare, missing major milestone events, and having absolutely no escape. The truth is, we can become paralyzed by everything we have on our plate. We can easily become overwhelmed by our to-dos and our should-dos, causing us to throw our hands up at the air and say, fuck this shit. But that doesn't accomplish anything. It just serves to create more stress for us by making us believe that we can't get it done, that we are in fact straining under the weight of all that we have to do and that we want to do. This is why I have asked Paula Rizzo to join us today. And are you in for a treat? Paula is an Emmy award-winning television producer, best-selling author, media trainer, and strategist. She is the founder of ListProducer.com and the author of two books, Listful Thinking, Using Lists to Be More Productive, Highly Successful, and Less Stressed. We could all use that right about now. And her second book, Listful Living, a list-making journey to a less stressed you. Can I get an amen on that? Paula has been featured everywhere on major media outlets like Fox News, Business Insider, and The Daily News, as well as being a contributor to MindBodyGreen, Entrepreneur.com, and Thrive Global. The first time I saw Paula speak was a few years ago at the Mass Conference for Women. And then last year, I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with her at Tap to Speak with Terry Trespicio. Hey, before we get to the interview, I just want to share some exciting news. And I've never done this before, but for a limited time, I am going to be offering 60-minute focused one-to-one, so that's just me and you, networking and business development breakthrough sessions. If you're not on my mailing list, head over to juliebrownbd.com slash really good shit so that you can be the first to know when I launch these sessions. Or send me an email and let me know that you're interested. There are only a few time slots available, so you don't want to miss out. Okay, on to the interview. Paula, it's so great to see you again. I know how in demand you are right now. 
<laughs> so thank you for taking the time to be here. Uh, you yourself are a master networker and you understand the career and life-changing potential networking has. So I want to start off with a question to you. One of the biggest complaints I hear from entrepreneurs or actually just anybody, anybody in business in general is they don't have enough time to get everything done, which yes, there is a tremendous amount of work to be done, but sometimes the problem isn't lack of time. It's a misuse of time. So can you explain to us how effective list making can help us prioritize our time and be more productive and find time to do other things that maybe we're putting off? You make time for the things that are most important. So if you prioritize networking in your business, in your life, then you can bump it up to the top of the list. So, you know, being able to really identify first what's most important to you, what do you want to get out of that networking experience is important. So I would love for people to make a list of some of the things that they could possibly get out of it, you know, uh, and then look at it that way and really weigh it and say, okay, was that more important than some of the other things that I'm doing on my list? What if people don't understand how important networking is? What if they go to make that list and they really don't know because they haven't made the time to network. So they don't actually understand all the benefits that they're going to reap from it. Well, look, I, people have, have networked at some point in their life, hopefully. So to be able to go back on that experience and say, you know, where did this opportunity come about? Oh, it's because I knew somebody. That's right. Because such and such person then introduced me to so-and-so or whatever, you know, so it might be helpful to track back some of your past successes and see how did that happen. And a lot of times it does come back to networking at some point. You have two books on creating yes. lists. So where do we start? Because I feel like if I was going to make a list, I would have the things I have to do today. And I have the things that I would say, well, one thing I took off my big, hairy, audacious goal list this year was write a book. So what if my list is like, get my roots done, write a book, um, go to the Grand Canyon. Like what, how can we have effective lists? Because I feel like I could write lists ad nauseum and then I would look at them and I would say, well, how am I going to get all this shit done? Totally. And so one of the biggest thing is to not mix your list. So at first you can do a brain dump, which is everything you have to do in your whole life and your business and everything, and just put it down on paper, get it out of your head. But then from there, you really have to organize that information. And I really love to make lists at night. So the last thing I do before I leave my desk, both when I was a TV producer and now that I work for myself, I would sit down and look through what do I have to do tomorrow? And the, the list that I write out, I have to make sure that I have the time and the resources to do those things. So I'm not going to put something like write book on my to-do list. It's too big. You can't do it in one day. You set yourself up for failure. Instead, could you put something a little smaller, right? Uh, to be able to outline chapter one, let's just say. So that it's a very, very clear and focused to do so that you know, oh, okay, I could actually do that. And then taking it a step further, do you have the time to do it tomorrow? Look at the rest of your schedule. Uh, when are you going to block that time? So, you know, being a TV producer for years, I am very in tune to how long things take, how, you know, how long 30 seconds is, how long is a minute. Most people aren't that tapped into time that way. No. So I tell people to time themselves, really start to time yourself to know how long does it take you to do things? 
Yeah, because time is fluid. Like if you're doing something you enjoy, time goes by really fast. But like for me, I was very stressed out today. So I did a five minute meditation, which felt like 45 minutes because I'm not good at sitting still for five minutes. I get it. I get it. And you know, it's one of those things where when we're talking about productivity and being efficient, people will think, oh, it'll just take me five minutes and it takes you an hour. And so now you have derailed yourself from what you were supposed to be doing because you thought this thing was only going to take you five minutes and it didn't or vice versa. We procrastinate because we think, oh, doing this one task that I hate and I don't want to do, it's going to take me three hours. And really it took you 30 minutes. Right. So there's a timing technique. Yeah, the Pomodoro. Oh, Pomodoro Pomodoro technique. So that is a way to get yourself trained to work in a focused way. So what you do is you pick one task, you set a timer for 25 minutes and you go and you see how do you do in that 25 minutes? Do you get distracted? If you get distracted, you stop the clock. And that sort of helps you to pull yourself out of doing 10 things at once and moving from this to this, to this, instead of just being focused on the one thing. I do it a lot with writing. If I have to get a chunk of writing done, I will set that timer for 25 minutes because it also helps you to kickstart, to start doing it. And then the 25 minutes is up and you're like, "Eh, that wasn't so bad. I guess I could do another 25 minutes. In the beginning, I would do 10 minutes or 15 minutes to work my way up because, you know, like you, I was, I didn't have that great of an attention span. I was like, uh, I can't do something for 25 minutes. That's an eternity. I'm going to go back to something you just said. I feel like I procrastinate a lot because I don't understand that some things are much easier than I'm going to make them out to be. And then I have something on my list that is stressing me out so bad because it sits there on my list day after day after day. And when I finally focus on getting that done, I'm like, why did I let this stress me out for so long? I think that's because we procrastinate because we have a fear of not knowing how to do it correctly. So maybe with networking, people don't network because they're afraid of doing it. Yeah, exactly. That is a hundred percent. One of the reasons why you procrastinate is because you're afraid Mm -hmm. fear, or you don't know how to do it. You know, I mean, that's people hold off on doing their taxes because they don't know what the heck they're doing and they feel like they have to research how to do it and that's going to take forever. And oh, and then, you know, then it takes you back a whole bunch of, you know, but with networking, it's interesting because what I've found to, to, to be helpful with networking is when you do go into an environment where you feel uncomfortable is to be able to have a list of either questions or topics that you could bring up. And I would do this before I would go into any networking event. I would just have like, okay, here's maybe a project I'm working on right now that if anybody's like, so, you know, what's going on with work? Something so generic. I could actually say something or have something in my mind. That pre-planning is really helpful so that you don't get caught off guard and then you're blabbering about stuff that doesn't matter. You know, you really want to be focused. It's funny that you say that because in my book that I published um, this year, I call it like the list yourself approach. And that is a way, because a common complaint I hear from people is like, I don't have anything to talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. you have so much to talk about. You've actually just never made a list of all the things you can talk about. Yeah. And also people go into networking events. They think they have to talk about work. The only things you're not allowed to talk about is politics and religion. Right. Everything else is wide open to you. Totally. Like, Vacations, every- food, anything. There's so everything. much that you like and can do. And that's how you connect with people. That's, you know, you remember, oh, that's the person who went to, to Greece for her honeymoon or whatever, exactly. you know? 
And that, I I mean, it's not just how you connect with people, but I always say it makes it easy for you to follow up. We all know that it doesn't make any sense to go to a networking event, have a great conversation and then not have a way to follow up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too. follow up is so important to be productive when you follow up. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is I have a list, of course, of who I'm going to follow up with and what I want to follow up with them about. I do this, you know, when you go to conferences, you know, back in the day when we used to go to real live conferences, uh, you know, you get business cards. I would have that list going the whole time I was at that conference. Oh, I just met so-and-so. Oh, they mentioned this. I want to follow back up with them about that. And then also scheduling the time to actually do it. So one of the things that I do is I have a little bit of buffer time after a conference. Yes. Yep. So I try not to, to pack my schedule so much if I'm traveling or whatever, give myself that space to know, oh, okay, this is your follow-up time versus just jump right back into your doing and then you never get to it. Is there a, a right sized list? Like, is there like your list shouldn't be more than this many tasks? What is the perfect sized list? And how do you rectify that if you have more than that to accomplish? Yeah, well, it, it's funny because there's a woman who I interviewed in my first book, uh, Listful Thinking, and her name is Heidi Hanna, and she's a stress expert. And one of the things she told me is that she was really, really overwhelmed and she started making a just enough list. So what would be just enough Mm -hmm. if I just did these three, four, five tasks today that would make me happy, my clients happy, nothing would fall through the cracks, it'd be okay. And then if I have some time or I want to do something else, then maybe I can do these other tasks. But really being able to prioritize what is most important and what you can actually get done is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And it actually just takes a whole load off of you because it's not like, oh my gosh, there's 32 things on this page. Like, of course you can't do all those things. So really identify what can you do and set yourself up for success. So a lot of what I talk about, uh, you know, in my blogs and books and all of that is your productivity style. So what is your own personal productivity style? When do you work best? Yes. Are you a morning person, a night person? And it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. You know, I think it's, it's ridiculous that productivity experts are always saying, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. and do this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't work. It makes you cranky, you know, if you're not I a morning know. person. Every time you, it's like the secrets of the most successful people. I wake up at 3.30 and I go for a 10 mile run and then I meditate for a half an hour. And I'm like- <laughs> nope. I sleep till eight. I get up. I do yoga meditation. I read the newspaper. I drink my tea. I'm thrilled. I don't talk to a person until like 1130. That's my start time. So one thing I, and this didn't happen to me until the pandemic when I worked from home, even though it's, I'm by myself in, mm-hmm. I'm a solopreneur. I still have an office that I drive to because I like structure and I like schedule. And so I Mm -hmm. felt like I need to drive to the office and have an office and that helps keep me productive. What I didn't realize until I was working from home during the pandemic was I'm super productive from 830 in the morning until I eat lunch. Uh And then once I eat lunch, I go into this period of like digestion comatose and I'm wildly unproductive from about 1245 until three. And then from three to six, I'm super productive again. And I didn't realize that until I was working from home. And I don't know why it was Mm -hmm. I'm working from home. Maybe it was because I wasn't traveling in between meetings. So maybe I was 
unproductive in my travel time, but I never noticed it. So how can someone determine when they're most productive? Yeah, it is very much noticing it, paying attention to yourself, looking at, okay, when did, when do I feel fired up to do this? Or, you know, I'm dragging my feet and I don't want to do that. Also different tasks. Maybe you feel like, oh, if you're a writer, you want to write in the morning. That's when you're most, you know, juiced up about it. Or, you know, maybe not. Maybe you like to write in the, in the evenings, mm-hmm. but just notice that. Try things at different times. It is a little bit of trial and error, but getting to know yourself and then lean into that and say, okay, well, I realize that that block of time is when I'm my most productive. So I know that these tasks need more brain power. I'm going to do those here. As opposed to, you know, when I'm kind of sleepy, maybe I'll do a phone call with somebody where I can reconnect with somebody and feed off their energy a little bit, you know, so that you can sort of have that idea of what's my before lunch list and what's my after lunch list. I'd love to know your thoughts about how we, so we're all responsible for so many things right now, as far as we are responsible for maintaining sanity through a global pandemic. Parents are responsible for not only working, but also homeschooling their children. And I feel like we are burdened by the weight of things that we are taking on that we didn't have to take on before. We have mental and physical exhaustion. And I would love your thoughts on how to manage burnout and how, what you offer in your list making books, your listful living and list listful thinking. And then also in your productivity course, like how does that help manage burnout? Because I, I, I feel like I'm on the precipice of burnout. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because right before the pandemic, maybe about a year before the world health organization declared burnout as a real thing. It's a real syndrome. It really exists. People are affected body, mind, and soul by this. And people were just starting to get it. And then the pandemic happened. And then people were working from home and working an average of three hours more every single day than they did when they were going into an office. I read that. Yes, I read that. So that is very interesting because now people are really paying attention to, okay, well, what is happening? Why am I just constantly working because I can? And just because you can doesn't mean you should. So having that structure of, okay, now you don't have a commute anymore. Could you take that time for something else? Is there something that could could be helpful for you to wind up to your day? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading a book? Are you exercising during that time instead? When I you know, left corporate America, I started working for myself. I, I worked from home. And I took that time, you know, I still, I still do obviously, uh, but I took that time of the commute to do yoga and to do meditation. And that for me is like, this is the time I do my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I can start my day, then that's when I start my day, but having those clear boundaries. And it's really hard when you're first starting to do it because you just think, oh, I can work out all, all the time. I can always work. There's always, you know, my computer's always in front of me, but really having that like turn off time too, to like, I have several courses through LinkedIn learning. And one of them is about setting up your remote office for optimal productivity. And one of the tips that I give is to close your office for the day. And so you have a separate space, which is really helpful, but not everyone does that. And when I'm in my apartment in New York city, I live in a one bedroom apartment with my husband. And so I don't have an office. I have created what I call a small office. It is an an office in one of my closets. And it literally has all of these, you know, shelves and I can put my computer in there at the end of the day and close the closet door. And just that alone does 
such an amazing thing for your psyche, your mindset. So it's not like, oh, just one more thing. Oh, let me just do. No, it's closed for the day. So there's a little bit of discipline that has to happen. I was going to say, that sounds like something you might have to practice. Yes. You you have to build up to it. And, you know, when I first started working for myself, I opened my schedule, you know, all day, every day from, you know, whoever wanted to talk to me from 10 AM to 6 PM doors are open. I don't do that anymore because that burns you out. And especially if you're on zoom calls that will drain you. And I very early found out that I can't function at that you know, at that level, I really need to be kind to myself and I need to structure my day so that I'm not burnt out throughout the day. So now I set up my schedule very particularly. I do calls at 1130 at 2 PM and at 3:30 for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's not always going to work out that way, but that way I have, I get to eat lunch in between. I have time to do other things. If I have to prep before or do something after a call, I'm not just butting everything together in my day. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, what am I going to do? You know, I have so many other things that I need to do. So it's important to sort of like build that structure for yourself. So you have make a list of all the things you have to accomplish that day. You make it a manageable list. Yes. Would you put on your list self-care items that you make sure you do for yourself? Or is that a different list? <laughs> no, you could. You could. I mean, you could, you could. What I love is that there was a woman I had interviewed once who whenever anyone would cancel an appointment with her, she would do something on her self-care list. So I think that's a great way. Instead of just jumping into doing more work, like, right. oh, I could get something else done. It's like, no, you know what? I'm going to take this time back for something I want to do. And maybe it's reading a chapter of a book. It doesn't have to be like going to the spa, you know? And I think that's that's an issue that, that people have with self-care. They think it needs to be a week-long vacation or, you know, a six-hour spa day. It can be a tiny little thing where you're taking time for yourself to go for a quick walk or mm-hmm. drink a cup of tea or call a friend or read a, you know, chapter of a, of a whatever, you know, book that you're reading. Um, those little things really nourish you and give you control back. Yeah. And it's funny. My podcast that was released today was all about the power of distraction. And I know mm. distraction is a bad word, Yeah, but if you're working on something really, that's really difficult and you're at, come against a wall with ideas, like yes. going for a walk, releasing your brain from focusing on one thing that helps your brain come up with other ideas. And I say, it's why we always have our best ideas in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to allow ourselves to have these periods of time where we are not focused on something directly where we are actually letting our mind roam and wander. Yeah. And to get new inspiration, seeing things that you might not have seen because you were in your office with the door closed, right? So you wouldn't have seen, you know, that bird make a nest over there. And how interesting is that? Or whatever, you know, whatever it is that, that then inspires you to go do something else. Your books are great as tools for list making, but do you use any software or apps or anything like that to help you manage your lists? Because I can imagine that what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a list. I'm going to put it on a post-it note. Like, and I do this for me, for myself. I make a grocery list and I leave it on my desk. Yeah. So yeah. it happens a lot. I know. I know. I get it. So the, I do a bit of both. Uh, you know, uh, most of my, my list making is by hand. If I'm doing like to-do lists for, for work or for home, I like to write them out. But if I'm doing, uh, you know, a grocery list or let's say a list of, oh, here's some makeup that I need to replace or whatever it is, I have specific apps that I use. And for me, I think of it that way because then it's, it's like a, a, your keys, you know exactly where you left them. If you leave them in the same place every single day, that's where 
you go to get them. So that's what I do with my list. If I'm making a handwritten list, uh, it's typically in this notebook or a notebook that I'm using right next to me. I leave it in the same place all the time. And I did this, you know, even when I worked in corporate America, I did the same thing. Right. And then with the lists, with the, the apps, I use all different apps, but you know, it, don't get crazy with them because then it ends up being like a catch-all for everything and then you can't find anything. Right. So that's what happened to me with Evernote. I was, you know, thrilled with it, thought it was awesome. And then I just put so much stuff in there that I couldn't find anything anymore. Yep. So now I'm really specific about what I put in there. So if I'm doing, you know, travel lists or holiday gift lists, those go in Evernote. So I know, okay, those are my Evernote lists are, are there. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm doing, you know, like the, the grocery lists or whatever, I use a different app for that. You don't have to do it that way. But for me, I like to know, oh, that's where that one lives. So then I just have them kind of separately. You make your own, you know, system. Yeah, I just wonder because I, what I do is, I write, I like you, I'm, I'm tactile. I need to write things down. I need the mm -hmm. process of writing down um, something because I feel like I will easily forget things if I don't write them down. Yes. Like in writing down helps you remember things. For sure. But then for me, like my grocery list, I never go anywhere without my phone. So I've learned I can't write a grocery list on paper. I have right. to write it in the notes portion of my phone because yes. I'm never going anywhere without my phone. So I think it's probably, yeah, figuring out what is the best avenue for you to remember what's on your list. Yeah, exactly. So, that capture system is really important. Yeah, for work, I actually have one of these and the listeners can't see my computer, but ah. it's, it's, it's a to-do list and it's to do today and to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And there are only five lines. So ah. that's all I put down every day. Yep. Like you said, if I leave it to five things, five manageable tasks, and I prioritize the the most difficult ones first. And I don't let myself get to the easiest ones like yeah. that helps. So do you, do you suggest that too? like putting your hardest ones first or. I think it does depend on your productivity style. So if you know that in the morning or whenever you start working that you're like fired up, ready to go, I would put those hardest tasks there. Cause if you need the brain power for that and you feel like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. It sounds like at eight 30, you're like ready to, ready to do it. That's not my style. So I'm not putting things first thing in the morning. I have to kind of like get around two o'clock, two 30. Then that's when I start to get like real, you know, the creative juices going. So then I'll start, I'll do one of those tasks that need a little bit of extra time, but in the morning, I'll probably do something that maybe is a little bit easier, gets me going. I can kind of, you know, uh, so just knowing that about yourself is really, is really helpful. But I love the fact that you have like the different areas on that list and that's a, you know, a pre-made list, yep. but you can do that. You know, I, I, I set up my list very specifically, even in a blank notebook. I put on the left-hand side is all the work tasks I need to do. And then the right side is anything for home so that I have them both on the page, but they don't, they don't mix together. So I don't have to look at them and decipher, oh, which one am I supposed to do? What am I, you know? Uh, and then I also leave a little section in the bottom left for distractions. So when a distraction pops up, because it's going to happen, of right. course, you know, something's going to pull your attention away. I write down, I pause before I, I jump in to get distracted, which takes a little bit of, you know, practice and work to yeah. do. I write down what I'm in the middle of, and then I go deal with whatever is happening. And that alone has been so helpful to me because it does take 23 minutes for you to get back on track yes. after you've been distracted. Yes. Oh, okay. That, I feel like that's gold because I get to, I work in an office where my husband has the office next door. We bring both of our dogs to work. So inevitably mm -hmm. he'll come in and he'll say, do you have a minute? And I'll go, yeah. And then I'll get up and I'll go to his office and I'll meet with him and I'll come back and I'll say, what was I doing? Yep, exactly. 
that's exactly the problem. And then you start doing something totally different and you forget what you were up to and then it doesn't happen. <laughs> I feel like you just changed my life with that because like, <laughs> I keep my notebook next to my desk. And so for me to say, okay, give me one second. I'm going to write down where I was, yep. what I was doing and where I was in that task, then go over there and help him and then come back. Um, because I had what you said, 23, I didn't know it was 23 minutes, but I did know that there is a period of time that this is why people shouldn't multitask because it takes your brain so much time to shift between thinking about one thing to shift to thinking about another thing. Exactly. So I, I'm assuming that you talked about the Pomodoro effect. This might ha- help with avoiding multitasking. Like if you, if you say, okay, I'm going to work on this one thing for this long. Yes, for Pomodoro does for sure. I also tell people to, to create a mantra in your mind so that you do stay on task because it's so easy to start down the road of, hey, I'm writing this blog post. And then you're like, oh, but this just pinged and let me just look at my phone real quick. And then you're on Instagram and you're like, oh, that's so cool. And you've already gotten distracted. Yeah. So to, to have like this, this mantra of before you start the task, really set yourself up and say, okay, I am writing this blog post. That is what I'm doing right now. Even if you have to say it out loud so that you hear it, that sort of helps me to stay in that zone and to stay focused, to not jump around and do something else. No, I mean, that seems like that would work too, because I'm one of those people who I, for some reason, and I don't know why I will have 700 open tabs on my computer. (laughs) And I, I work in Google. So my Google sheets are a tab. My Google docs are a tab. Like everything's a tab. And what I'll be doing is that a lot of what I do is research-based. So I'm I'm writing and then I'm looking at the research and I'm writing and I'm looking at the research, but then I'm writing and then I'm looking at the research and then I'm looking at Instagram. And then I'm yes. writing and I'm looking at the research and then I'm on Facebook. And so I suppose if I said to myself, as I'm going to hit the open tab, which is inevitably Instagram or something else, I'm, I'm doing research right now. I'm not doing social media that that exactly. might pull my attention back. To stop yourself. Exactly. To just pull your attention. And there's a couple of tools that I really like to sort of help you. One is, um, it, it works with Chrome and it's called momentum. Okay. And the way that it works is that when you do click on that new tab, it will open the new tab but it has a picture there, a beautiful scene that sort of like takes you out of, oh, I'm not on Google right away. Oh, that's great. You can actually sign up for it where you can say, hey, this is the task I'm working on today, or this is the most important thing I'm working on today. So every time you see that screen, you're reminded, oh yeah, I shouldn't be on Instagram right now. You know, so it gives you that kind of like perspective for a second. Okay. And then the other thing I like is called One Tab. I don't know if you've ever used it, but I don't what think it says- so is if you love opening tabs, it will shrink them all and put them into one place on on one page so that then you can go through and just click the ones that you need at the time. And so Uh, I found it really helpful because a lot of times I would leave tabs open because I was like, oh, I'm afraid to to close that because then I'll forget that I had to do that or I wanted to read that or, you know, whatever. Yes, that is me. And Pocket helps too. I don't know if you've ever used Pocket for reading for reading articles or, you know, if I see something and I'm like, oh, I love that article. It's so great. I should, you know, um, share that on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in the middle of doing something else and I shouldn't be on social media sharing posts right now. Right. You know, I put it in pocket. Okay. Then that way it, it just lives there. So then I know, oh yeah, there's a bunch of things I wanted to read or I wanted to go That's back. That's such a cute name those. too. You're like, I'm going to put that in my pocket. I'm going to get yes, to it there. Exactly. Oh, that. All right. So these, these things, I feel like 
three gold nuggets, like just for me, just came out of it. Like the writing down before I get distracted, the momentum, because that, I mean, it does, it will remind you, should I be doing this search right now? Exactly. Knock it off over there. You're supposed to be working. (laughs) I've heard of give yourself 15 minutes all the time, like every 15 minutes, write down what you were doing. And then you can really see Mm -hmm. how much time you're wasting. Yes. I refuse to do that because I don't (laughs) want to know how much time. (laughs) To be honest, that's the whole point of it, right? You know, you do have to, you do have to do that, but it does help to know because everyone thinks that they know themselves or they, you know, they think they, they, or they're hopeful that they are a certain way and they're not when you notice it, then you're like, you know what? I could get this thing done if I just focus on it, get it out of the way. And it's amazing. I mean, that, that in itself is an amazing productivity tool because once you know yourself and you know how much you can get done in an hour, let's say, or in 15 minutes or in 20 minutes, it changes the game to be able to say, okay, I have 20 minutes. Can I fit this last task into my day or not? So then you are able to end your day when you say you're going to end your day versus, oh, let me just do this one last thing. And it takes you two hours and then you're delayed for something else you wanted to go do. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but (laughs) you've given us so much already. Um, Your books, Listful Living and Listful Thinking are available everywhere. I will put uh, links to it in the show notes. But can you tell the listeners a little bit about your LinkedIn programs? Because I am a big advocate of using LinkedIn for networking and connection and also using it as a place to disseminate your genius zone and Mm -hmm. become a thought leader. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your programs on LinkedIn um, yeah. so that the listeners uh, know how to access that. Yes. So actually, if you go to um, paularizzo.com slash uh, lists, then you can get my list making starter kit and I will point you to the LinkedIn learning courses. Also, if you go to LinkedIn learning the website and you just put in my name, you can find them that way as well. Uh, but I have, I will have four courses with LinkedIn. There's two that are current right now that are up. One is about how to set up your remote office for optimal productivity. And it's, you know, it was very fitting for the pandemic because, uh, you know, now everybody works from home. So how do you work from home effectively? And then if you do have to travel, how can you take your office with you so that you're, you're still productive, but you're not all over the place and feel discombobulated. Uh, the other course is the power of lists. So it's very, very much in line with my, with my books and list making and, you know, how to do it right and how to set up, you know, that routine, because it really is a routine. It's a mindset switch. It's something that, Hey, if I'm doing this all the time, then I get into that groove and I, I, I need that structure. And then the other two, I just recorded those. One is about the best, most effective ways to, to take notes and to then really take something away from those notes. So it's not just, oh, I have a bunch of notes that I'm never going to do anything with. And then the other course is about setting boundaries, which is very important, setting boundaries and saying no. So that takes us back to a lot of the, you know, should you say yes or no to a a speaking engagement or to a networking engagement? So really being able to align yourself with why are you saying yes or no? And what do you want to get out of these things? Uh, So those will be live for the next few months. So that, that will all be on LinkedIn, but I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. There's, there's a lot of really great resources on LinkedIn learning to learn all kinds of stuff. I love LinkedIn and its ability to be a platform for disseminating information, to be a platform for reconnection, for new connections. Um, I, I just think that with the 610 million people that are using LinkedIn, like it hasn't even begun to be the platform it's going to be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just such a good way to 
continue the conversation with people. I'm even using it when I'm doing, you know, virtual conferences. I'm looking up people's names and then I'm reaching out to them and saying, Hey, I met you at such and such event. Would love to continue, you know, talking about whatever we talked about and, you know, in that breakout room or whatever it was, uh, it, it just makes it really easy to kind of keep tabs on people and see, you know, what, what are they doing? What are they sharing to your point? You know, you get to learn more pe- about yeah. people through the content that they share. Yeah. Paula, thank you so much for being here. I, I do know how crazy busy you are. So I really, really appreciate it. I will put links to all things Paula Rizzo in the show notes. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Thanks so much. See you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. I don't know about you, but I definitely found some solid gold nuggets in my conversation with Paula. Anyone can make a list, but can you discover a way of creating a list that makes you calmer, more mindful, and super productive? The secret is not about what's on your list, but how you organize your time and energy to accomplish whatever you choose to put on that list. Helping you stay focused, tapping into your own productivity style, and creating a roadmap to a less stressed you, hopefully. The one thing I love that she said is that if someone cancels on you or moves an appointment, you do not automatically have to fill that space with more work. That blew my mind. You can take that time, that found time that you now have in your day, and do something for yourself with it. We all have goals. Some are small. Some are massive. But we need to remember that we can accomplish all of our goals if we approach them one small, intentional step at a time. The last few podcasts have highlighted cocktails as the drink of the week, and white wine is the drink of choice for Paula when she isn't busy being an Emmy Award winner, best-selling author, and overall productivity guru. So after our conversation, I went down into my wine cellar to pick out a wine to enjoy, and I realized that I am woefully low in the white wine department. I mean, I suppose that's because I drank white wine all summer, but I need to get to replenishing this stock. The one bottle I could find that was cold, was the Dow 2018 Sauvignon Blanc. We've covered the history of Dow, so I won't go into that again. But this is a great bottle for under 20 bucks. It's smooth and it's lively all at the same time. Kind of like me. Smooth and lively. When my husband hears that line, his eyes are going to roll back so far in his head he might see his own brain. Welp, if there's anything I've learned today is that lists are good. And I'm off to make a list of all of the white wines that I need to get to replenish my wine cellar. See what I did there? Make a list? Okay. All right. Anyways, as always, if you like this podcast, please do take a moment to leave a review on iTunes and share it with your friends. I so appreciate you taking this time to be with me. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.